At this time, we'll take our scripture reading, which is taken from the Gospel of John. The Gospel according to St. John chapter 16, reading from verses 8 to 11. John chapter 16, from verses 8 to 11. Let's hear the word of God. And when he comes, he will convey the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father. And you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I'll take the passage again. Verse 8. And when he comes, he will convey the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. Our senior pastor, Pastor Fred, will be the one who will be speaking to us this morning on the topic, the Holy Spirit convicts sin. Uh, we are this year dealing with living by the Spirit, and this is the third quarter the third quarter, we are dealing with the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And today, we are going to handle the Holy Spirit convicts of sin. So let us prepare our hearts to listen to our senior pastor, leaders in that respect. Indeed, Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. Your love is everlasting. And I, I invite you to join me to thank the Lord especially for his goodness about a year ago today, I returned to Ghana from uh, Corona <laughs> headquarters of New York through two weeks of uh, lockdown or whatever it was, the prison of uh, Kempiski, which was, if you think it's a five star, you wait till you join us, what we experienced there. In fact, if you think that uh, loneliness or boredom uh, cannot kill. Anyway, I won't say. I thank God that's one year ago that I ended all of this. So I can join you and say, praise the Lord and thank God for his love, his goodness, and his mercy. And today, we're here to celebrate him. I know a lot of you are also here to celebrate God in so many other ways. Uh, Governor, I can see you, you are not smiling. You have just become a grandfather of twin boys, eh? Governor. Uh, all right, okay, okay. And uh, uh, Governor Mensah, you see, you are adding to the number, the population of the world. Thank God. Oh, oh, have I betrayed you? It's a fact, isn't, isn't it? You know, normally men don't like admitting that they are grandfathers, but the, but the grandmothers are so happy. So I called the young girl who happens to be his wife. Yo, pastor! 
I said, tell your husband that I'll betray him. He said, hey, and there, it's between you and him. <laughs> All right. Today is one of those days, those topics that I would have been glad to invite uh, one of the lawyers, the learned people, to preach on the topic. But I decided not to because some of the things I may say, they will not be willing to say it. And so, sometimes there's a privilege of being with people, but you are not with them. That is, since I'm not uh, a member in good standing in the Ghana Bar Association and all those things, I can say a few things and get away free and not necessarily be uh, hauled to any court for contempt of court or contempt of the judge or, or those terms that they use. But the passage really is more theological. So if you want the legal part of it, they are here, plenty in your midst, you know them. But we'll go through conviction of sin. We'll try to understand this topic as we deal with the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The body life emphasis, by that we mean how the Holy Spirit works in us as a body. Later on, we'll be looking at the different gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us so that we'll function. Do you function as an eye, a nose, a heart, a nerve center, an ear? What role do you play in the body of Christ? We'll be looking at those ones, but today we continue looking at the ministry of the Holy Spirit that he convicts the world of sin. Father, we thank you. Lord, we love you because you first loved us. As we come to read and share your word, speak to us in ways that we can understand, but above all in ways that we can apply so that your word will truly be word from you through me to your people that will live by it day in and day out and have hope in the world as we wait for your coming. In Jesus, our Lord and Savior's name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. This conviction by the Holy Spirit, what the Lord is talking about here, the whole of this chapter, John chapter 16, talks about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is working very hard to convince his disciples that it is good for him to go away. And when he goes, he will send the Holy Spirit. They couldn't understand him. How can anything or anybody be better than Jesus Christ? They couldn't. And I don't blame them. He was here with them. They could see him 24-7 and touch him. When even they betrayed him, they knew and he could forgive them. But when he says, I am going and I'm going to send you some, something or somebody, and he puts together well, in our English language, holy and spirit. Or the King James, holy and ghost. What, what is that? They had no idea. They may have heard about the spirit, but can somebody actually send the spirit? Because in the days of old, the spirit came on prophets, on priests and kings and left them. They may have heard, because they were not there, that the spirit came on Jesus at his baptism. And maybe some of the things that he did in prayer... They may think the spirit was with him, but they didn't have any evidence of it. Now, how would he go and send the Holy Spirit to them? And what would he be doing? So if you need to understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit, Romans chapter 8 is a very important chapter to study, as well as John chapter 16. That's if, you, if, you're not, if you're just going to read straight Bible passages, 
John 16, as well as Romans 8. But better still, you do a topical Bible study. Uh, take a concordance and find what it says about the Holy Spirit and his role in the world. So let's take this. Let's do what is done best. What does the Lord want to teach us? That we are to depend on the Holy Spirit for victory in all things. That's the lesson we have to take away. To depend on the Holy Spirit for victory in our lives, in everything that we do. Now let's go to definition of terms. Sin. Let's start with sin. Sin is a typical biblical word. And therefore, uh, in some places, it is not permitted to use the word sin. That is why in so-called liberal countries, the UK and so and so forth, if you tell somebody, they say homosexuality is a sin. They say you are judging the person with the Bible that they do not believe in. And you will get into trouble. Sin. People don't want to hear about it. It's either misdemeanor or it's an offense or uh, they, they gave birth to me like that. They are more eager to talk about their right and omission. Their sins, no. You are judging them. It's a typical biblical word with its meaning. And if you were to take just one definition, I won't go into all the definitions. If, I, if you just take one, James 4, 17, you will find that what the Bible says is sin is bigger and broader than you think. Can you read with me, since this is an English service? James 4, 17, let's read it together. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Yeah. So, we talk about sins of commission and sins of omission. Even if you omit to do the good thing that you ought to do, you're right. Say, your neighbor has dried his clothes and you know it's about to rain. You are passing, you see the clothes on the line. And let's say, as you will say, something told me, something told me to pick the clothes. And I said, ah, this boy who doesn't talk to me, this woman who is too known, let me go and pick her clothes. What if, 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 and you don't do it? The Bible says, anyone who then knows what is good. Your neighbor's dog is hungry. You have food you are just about to throw away. Or your neighbor himself is hungry. So you go about the good things that the Lord convicts you to do. Since you are a believer, you know he's told you. And you shut it off. To you it is sin. You are, what did you do? You didn't do anything. That alone constitutes sin for you. Apart from the ones that you do. The insult, the abuse, the gossip, the lie. The giving up tip instead of tithe. Those things that you actively do. Hello, are you with me? So, if you are not using biblical standards, you know, or should I take the choir? You know it's time to come for rehearsal, but you don't come. And all you say is that, I have sore throat. May your sore throat, you know, there was a, there's an apocryphal story about Jesus. Uh, he used to play with some children. And the parents were annoyed with Jesus coming to play with their children. So one day, Jesus came to the house according to that book. It's one of the old books that is not part of the Bible. So they asked Jesus, where are my friends? He said, oh, your friends? Ah, we don't know where they are. He said, oh, but there's a basket there with some noise under it. So what's in the basket? Then the mother said, they are just chicken. And Jesus said, let your chicken remain there with you. So he took off and he left. Soon after he left, the woman actually heard chicken. Quack, 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 quack. She went and opened it, and what did she saw? 
some chicken. All I'm saying is that those of you, when instead of coming to choir practice, say, I have sore throat, I have kata, I have this and this. See, I'm not Jesus, so I won't wish you that one. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right. Now, so anyone who then knows what is right and he doesn't do it, it is sin. And you don't want to be called a sinner. But then what is conviction? Conviction is a legal term. Conviction, the way Jesus used it here, he was going into the territory of law. Conviction can be just, I am sure that's something. No. But when you see the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, will convict you of sin, you see that definition? He, the Holy Spirit, is the one who is going to convict you. But how do we define conviction in law? A formal declaration that someone is guilty of a criminal offense made by the verdict of a jury or the decision of a judge in a court of law and that normally is followed by a sentence. So there is a trial. They put a, there's a, 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 somebody who comes to persecute you and says whatever I want to say. The judge listens. They quote all these laws. And at the end of it, they decide you are guilty or not guilty. That's what we call rule of law. The law rules. We are not in the jungle. And, you know, as they say in this country, where the, the law works, it says you are innocent until you are proven guilty. Now, if you are not guilty, what are you? Give the next one. You are acquitted. You are acquitted. So, it can be very, very, very technical that you are not able to prove or you are able to prove. And sometimes it is difficult for the non-legal or those who do not read and understand these things. Say, why? Somebody killed and we can see that dead body. Well, you are innocent until you prove guilty. So all that you can do is stand there. If the one who is proving doesn't prove it, then you go free. Why? Because it is better, as they say in law, for one innocent person to be set free eh, than to collect some people and put them in prison because you didn't prove it. So trial by media and trial by those things that we do. You see somebody say, July, July, July. You see me holding my mask. Somebody say, I stole his mask, face mask. He stoned me to death. Only to find out that it is mine. If I'm dead, how do I prove it? So it is important for us to understand how the law works in this world. Now, this week, I was reading something when I was Googling acquittal. Then a news flashed, and I couldn't believe what I read about how justice works in this world. Now, the point is this. As far as the human system is concerned, you go as far as you can go to the Supreme Court, and you stop. Whether it is half bench or quarter bench or full bench, when they stop, you stop. And the lawyers will tell you, and they will tell you in law school, law class, when the Supreme Court has judged something and the judges make a pronouncement at whatever level, they are not necessarily saying it is correct, 100% correct, but it is in the interest of all of us that litigation should stop. So at a certain point, we stop. What does that mean to you, a Christian? It means there can be an appeal court somewhere. So when you say, you are saying there's a higher one, but on earth, yeah, you can, agree with, you, can, you can agree and disagree with those judges, and depending on how you agree or disagree and what you say, you can also end up somewhere. 
somewhere, either before the legal counsel or before the judge, for saying things that are bringing the judge, the court, into contempt and ridicule. You see, because we protect the integrity of society. If anything that they do, you are saying, it's not right, it's not good, this part bias, these people are thieves, they are liars, or like they said about the judges that they collected, how many million uh, judges, how much did you collect in the Supreme Court case? $32 million or $30, 30 million. Uh, 30 mil they say all those things. If you continue to do that, and the society believes it, and we don't even have faith or confidence in our judicial system, we go into what is called a banana republic, free for all. And I saw that somehow in America. When the police beat somebody and the man died, and the people decided that it is time, black lives matter, and they did all kinds of things that they wanted to do, the police decided we will not beat anyone, we will not keep any law. They went to town. And one demonstration, the people in New York, where we live, they went to town, robbed the bank, broke it, took the ATM machine, stole cars, went to pharmacy, drugs, uh, took things, beat up people. They showed the TV. The police were just standing there looking at them. And they were asking themselves, how far can we go? And the placard they were carrying, defund the police. Don't give them any money. Don't let them do anything. So they were watching them. So conviction it's a legal thing. You prove it. The news that I came across this week was a very interesting one. It's on the website, so I will refer to it. Bill Cosby, a very well-known comedian or entertainer, an African-American, was sentenced to years imprisonment. But last year, he was, last, last week, he was acquitted by the Philadelphia Supreme Court. When I read what caused him to be acquitted, I said, Yehovah. Now, pure technical. Technicality. His charge was that he had been raping women, so many women who claim and they made the Me Too, they made all kinds of allegations. Well, I mean, sometimes when you are rich, you can get the best of lawyers and they can find the most technical loopholes in the law to defend you. Now, most of the women claimed that he, he raped them. And when they got up, they saw all kinds of things around their body and were wondering what happened. They tried, they tried, they tried. It's me and you, you know, sexual things between me and you. Who can prove it? You say this and I say I don't, I, I don't know. So finally, one district attorney was able to get him to agree that if you accept certain things, we will be able to work out certain things for you. So he accepted and made some confession. And that confession between him and the district attorney and the judicial system, it was sacred that it can never be used against him. Two days before the end of 12 years, when his, the statute of limitation would have caught him, I mean, that's, they have up to 12 years to appeal, Nobody said anything. Two days before the end of 12 years, a new district attorney saw some evidence and said, no way, Charlie. Then he raised the case up again and got public support. Ah, and the man went in. When he went in, they now started to fight. And last week, 
he got justice. What is the justice? Perseverance, highest court, threw out Bill Cosby's sexual assault conviction and released him from prison Wednesday in a stunning reversal of fortune for the comedian once known as American's dad. The ruling that the prosecutor who brought the case was bound by his predecessor's agreement not to change, not to charge Cosby had not been complied with. In that agreement between the prosecutor, when the prosecutor, the first one, questioned Bill Cosby on the oath, Cosby said that he used to offer qualites to women he wanted to have sex with. He eventually settled with the lady who was accusing him for $3.4 million. He said he used to offer qualites to women. Google and see what qualites is. Qualites are any chemicals, any drugs you give that knock people off so that you do whatever you want to do with them. He used to do that. That's the confession he gave. And I said, okay, now that you have agreed, all right, then let's settle. After all, if it's a crime, who benefits? It's a state. They lock you. don't get anything. But, madam, if you want to agree that he did that, let's settle. How much do you get? 3.4 million. Okay, let's settle. So they settle. Then another the, the attorney said, no, 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 no. The man did this. It's not right. You get public opinion. Now, Supreme Court said, by the agreement, this second, judge, this second lawyer shouldn't have done that. Now, let me ask you, public opinion. Is the man guilty or not guilty? What? He's guilty. Who are you? The Supreme Court says he's not guilty. All right? He's not. On a pure technical ground. You see, I am saying this so that you and I who are believers would understand how the world system works and not put your faith and confidence in the world and get worked up by so many, many things that are not necessary in the eyes of God. They are not. You see, if you are a believer, you must understand the Bible. You must understand the tenets of God. So Jesus said, it is in your interest that I go. When I go, I will send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, of unrighteousness, and of judgment. What does he mean by that? Let's take the modern one. All right. Jesus said that 2,000 years ago. Now, there, everywhere you go in London, for instance, in most countries, there's CCTV somewhere. No matter what you do or where you are, they'll see you. It sees you, whether you are driving carelessly or not driving carelessly, you just go. You'll be in your house, you drove 70 miles an hour where you were supposed to drive 55. They take your, 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 a picture of your car, send it to you. The time you drove, send it the ticket to you. Pay. If you won't pay, the time comes when you do that, you'll pay. What Jesus is saying, Lord, excuse me for this bad example. He's saying, when I was with you, I was at one place at a time. And Satan thinks that is the end. When he kills me and I resurrect, remember, we have God the Father who decides what should happen. Jesus, the executor who came to do it to show you the way. <laughs> but the, the force of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit will come together. 
And the last one, who have all the powers that will confound the world and nobody can stop him. You will not be able to hold him, touch him, bottle him up. He will disgrace you. So, it's like now, apart from CCTV, you have what? 5G internet or Bluetooth. You are listening to me on microphone. Everybody can hear what I'm saying. If I was shouting, few will hear it. Said, it will be more viral than that. I'll be at one place at the same time. I'll see everything. I'll know everything. And I'll deal with them in my own good time. I'll convict men, whether they are not sleeping or sleeping, whether they, are, they give people qualities or they are guilty or not guilty. I will judge. I remember even in law school, one of our judges, one of the, the man who was teaching us criminal evidence said something, teaching a criminal law, said, yeah, you can go to court and get somebody free. So he has seen it in his own life. The man was not guilty on all this technical ground. A week after that, he saw the man writing in the air. I did it, I did it, I did it. So what did you do? Say, I did it, I did it, I did it. You were writing a thousand times. What did you do? He couldn't say anything. But he was free. Friends, what is the Lord saying? That you and I should take courage. So he was telling his disciples, I am going away. I've taught you things. Have confidence in me and proclaim me until I come. Now, let's go back to the verses and learn a few more things. What he told them, because I've given you the meat of it already, and I can even, even stop here. The word conviction, we've seen what Jesus means. Let's take the first, verse 7. What did he say to them? I'll send you the comforter. The, the, the character of the Holy Spirit, he will be the comforter. He will comfort you. He, will, he should let you know that I am with you always. I'll comfort you. I'll be with you. I'll rebuke you. I'll direct you. I'll chastise you, but I'll be with you. The world cannot understand you, but I am going to be the one to be with you. Then you take verse 8. Verse 8. I will reprove of sin. I'll reprove of sin. I said there's so much sin in this world that the world does not even want to mention it. They don't want to hear about God. They don't want to mention it. But what the Lord is talking about here is a phenomena that you and I ought to pray for to happen. Sometimes we use our energies to do a number of things. And because we live in, quote, unquote, a law, a legal regime, a world run by laws and lawyers and legal system and covenants and treatises and all of those, sometimes I pity those who are supposed to enforce some of these things. Because there are laws. I was sharing with the youth on, on a Friday about some of the things that we saw when we went to Vienna, Austria. There was a law that was being made in South Africa. And that law was their constitution. And in any country, the constitution is the highest, highest possible law. And so, said so there shall be no discrimination in accord, on account of age, sex, gender, blah, 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 as they normally say. And then there was one small clause, on account of sexual preference. What did it mean? Well, since it was almost a new term, nobody really 
try to understand. So they took it. It was one of those new things that they add to the thing. So they kept quiet. Soon after that, there was a, a lawyer in the class from South Africa who was explaining to us what happened. Soon after that, two female judges decided to adopt a child. And they went through the social system, social services. Finally, they asked mother's name, Joanna, whatever. Father's name, Rebecca Amavi. They said, ah, Joanna and Rebecca, are you not two women? You cannot adopt the child. Social welfare is a bad case. Take it back. The next thing they knew, they were in the Supreme Court to interpret what the law says, that they are right. Eh? They are being discriminated against on account of what? Their sexual preference. Hello. And so they won. They won. As we speak now, there are 58 genders in the world. Hello. 58 of them. Those who are doing the census, have they appeared in your house yet? They haven't appeared them. Have they asked you some questions? They are 58. So if you are part of the international community, LB, L, what, L, Lord have mercy. I have not eaten okra yet. L, G, B, T, Q, I. Yes, because everybody has a human right. They can do whatever they want to do. That is what the world says it is. Who will convict them of sin? Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn for righteousness sake. They shall be comforted. So we're saying that the world will keep on going from bad to worse. First, remember that he let you here, left us here as not to be, as the light and salt of the earth. But then he goes on to explain what the Holy Spirit will do. Now let's take these verses 4 to 8 and see what exactly the Lord is telling us to happen here. What the Lord is saying, what the Lord is teaching his disciples is for us to understand what conviction of the Holy Spirit means. The Hebrew word expresses that, that conviction means to argue, to prove, and to correct. God may be the subject and persons the object. In Job 22, 4, we find that or it may be a prophet who is accusing people, who is convicting them of sin, and they can just ignore the prophet. It means to convict, to refute, to confute, usually with a suggestion to shame the person who is convicted so that they will do the right thing. But they may decide to ignore you. Young ministers like Timothy and Titus had the responsibility of convicting, that is rebuking, refuting those in their charge, rebuke them, correct them. They may decide to forget about you and not to do whatever you want to do, whatever you are asking them to do. Fine. They may have power. John the Baptist convicted Herod, Antipas, because of his illicit marriage to Herodias. And what happened to him? He landed in prison and eventually his head was chopped off. You find all of these things in the Bible. So some people will say, Kandewu, I'm under the power of the Holy Spirit. Be sure. When you are doing some of this, you will pay for it. They will either ignore you they may leave the church. You know, somebody told me, your church is a very nice church, but the way you talk about sin, I don't want to be hearing about those things. I said, fine, I agree. Don't want to, how can you stand somewhere and say you need money, but you don't like 
uh, thief money. You don't like lotto money. How, how can you say that? Pastor, is money not money? That we, after we've done that, we come to sanctify to the Lord. I say, if I don't know, you put it in. The Lord knows. I'm supposed to teach you the right. He said, yeah, I don't even want to hear it. I said, thank you. Go where you want to go. Now, in John 8, 11, John 16, 8 to 11, there are three things we are to understand what Jesus is saying here. The Holy Spirit is one who convicts the world. And he convicts the world of sin. The passage reveals the following three things. One, the conviction of sin is the result of the Holy Spirit awakening humanity to a sense of guilt and condemnation because of sin and unbelief. See, you sin and you, you, do, you, you don't believe up to a point, then you just wonder, what are we supposed to do? We came almost close to that two years ago. When nations were down on their knees, crying, saying, Lord, help us. When prayer meetings were not called by people were attending, where somebody would go somewhere and take a megaphone and be shouting and people would come clapping, they needed something because our sins have found us wretched and naked. Whether corona was sin, judgment, judgment or sin from God, I don't know. But people came to that conviction that something is awful, something is wrong. But the second part of it, more than a mental conviction is intended, the total person is involved. This can lead to action that is based on conviction. So, you are convinced of sin. That's the first part of what the Holy Spirit does. He convinces you. There are some who take it and they move to what the Lord is asking them to do. So take the example of Zacchaeus. Before the Lord came to him, the man knew he had sinned and he wanted to see the Lord. We are not told he knew he had sinned, but obviously he was short. He wanted to see him. And as soon as Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down, he knew, yeah, today I'll come down. Lord, if I have stolen, what is the if for? It's just polite language. Because, Lord, you may not know, but it's just polite language. I mean, just couch it. If I have stolen, if I have done this, if I have done, he knew he had done all of those things. But like most of us who try to hide, if, 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 I said, come down, come down, come down, come down. I'll repay, I'll give back three times, four times, five times. That is conviction and repentance that is followed by restitution. It is the Holy Spirit that will cause people to do those things. Friends, what the world needs now is what is called revival. Revival is defined as that great work of the Holy Spirit. When a sense of sin and guilt and unrighteousness dawns upon the world, and that is done only by God. Then the thing that they've been asking, arguing about, whether it is legal right or international right, international law or uh, human right or our custom or our tribal this and that, they put all aside because hmm, hmm, hmm. nobody's beating any drum, nobody's fighting anybody. They are, we are on our knees and I'll pray and I say, Lord, have mercy. Friends, instead of complaining and complaining and complaining, this is supposed to be the role of the Holy Spirit. Will we recognize that and say, Lord, let your fire fall. Let it purify, including me. Let it change the world. No politician can change it. No way. That's why I pity them. No politician has the power to convict anybody of sin. The more you say it, the more they do it because they have absolute power. They have it in this world. But when the Holy Spirit convicts, and then they get it, then they ask for restitution. 
But the third one, the Lord does it so that the person will come and receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. That is the whole purpose. The conviction does not only imply exposure of sin, that's despair, but also a call to repentance and hope. Anywhere that there has been revival, renewal, orchestrated, generated by the Holy Spirit, has been followed by transformation of that society, taking care of widows and orphan right structures. If you're a student of revivals, you read it. As I read this, I said, Lord, how we need it. The Bible and conviction of sin. God is not interested in anybody going to hell. He's interested in us repenting and living and loving one another so that we will take care of each other. As for heaven, it's yours for the asking. But whilst we live here on earth, we should be salt and light of the earth. And that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Friends, we may have been sidetracked by so many things in this world. It is easy for you and I to fall into the trap and the trap of the world to look at the things that are important in this world. But like Jesus said, I'm going to send you the comforter. And the comforter has come. I'm going to send the comforter to you and he will convict the world of sin. Has he started from you? He's going to convict the world of sin because he has judged Satan. Satan is a defeated foe. His end will come. It will, it will end. So whatever he's living for, whoever your master is, you are serving him. He has already judged him on Calvary. He was talking to the disciples, futuristic. But now we know he's behind us. That his kingdom will fall. Whatever he thinks he's doing, whether they multiply the LGBTQ to 90 sexes or not, one day, you see that in the image, God made them male and female. And you see, whether you marry 10, 20, 40 wives, 50 wives, he says, in heaven, they're neither married nor are they married. Finish. Nobody will take anything there. Your gold, your diamond, your this. He said, in, in heaven, that is pavement block. Finish. What, what, what is it? It is to cause us to repent and also to have a witness. I read this story. I mean, not story, this illustration. And I'll finish uh, with it and then we'll see ourselves where we are. I was reading this thing about reproof. The key word, reproof, is a legal word that means to bring to light, to expose, to refute, to convict, and to convince. It could be translated, pronounce the verdict. The world may think that it is judging Christians and laughing at us because of the way we live. But it is the Christians who are passing the judgment on the world as the witness for Christ by the way we live. Believers are the witnesses that his word is true and we can testify that he's changing us, your taste, your character and everything. The Holy Spirit is the persecuting attorney, lawyer. He has all the evidence. He doesn't need anybody. He doesn't need all these crosses. He doesn't need anything. He knows like the CCTV camera, he knows. You know, in court, they don't accept the CCTV because they know that all those things can be doctored. In the world, they can doctor anything. But when the Holy Spirit says, he has seen you, what he says, he has seen, he has seen you. Feel it, feel it. You can't do anything. The Holy Spirit is the, the lawyer who is persecuting you. And the unsaved are the guilty prisoners. However, the purpose of this indictment is not to condemn, 
but to bring about salvation. Hello. That's why the Lord calls us until he comes. We are his witnesses to tell the world about sin, being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, we define evangelism as witnessing in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. Today, what have you learned? Simple lesson. We are to live victoriously. We are in this world, but not of the world. God is in charge of this world. We may not have appreciated the role of the Father and the Son, but this age is called the age of the Holy Spirit. And we are to pray to the Lord about the things that are happening around us, that God's judgment that leads to repentance should fall on us. The great awakening should come again. But you and I should live in such a way that we make our lives attractive to those who are to know. And when they ask you, you have an answer for your faith. May the Lord bless us as we seek to live for him this and every day. Amen. Indeed, our God and Father, we can say today that you are the solid rock we depend on and that all other ground is sinking sand. Thank you for your word to us. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for your wonderful mercy that you show on us day in and day out. That we are alive because of your grace. We are alive because we have tasks to accomplish and you are giving us every day to draw closer to you in obedience, in love, in forgiveness. As we leave here but not your presence, Father, may our times be spent being the light of the world and the salt of the earth, witnessing about your coming and praying to you that Lord send the revival that we need, not only in this nation, but beginning from our hearts, our homes, our church, and indeed the entire world. And beloved, as you are come, may the Lord God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who lives and reigns both now and forevermore, dwell in your heart and work in your life to present you faultless at his coming. To him alone live both now and forevermore. Amen. Share the grace with one another, the grace of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you so much.